Welcome back to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host, Tom White. Every week, we are joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions, and predictions for the Internet of Things. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're watching or listening on and turn on that notification bell so you're never out of the loop. In today's episode, I'm joined by Nida Sapassian, innovation business partner, marine and land asset integrity at Fugro, the world's leading geodata service. We'll be getting into the role of IoT technology in geotechnical data collection, uncovering its applications in land-based infrastructure projects, the monitoring of marine infrastructure, and even moon inspections. Before we get into the episode, shout out to one of our sponsors today, 5D Tech. 5D Tech are specialists in finding people who make technology a force for good in the world. They bridge the gap between talent and deep tech businesses around the globe. Click the link in the description to find out more. Before we get into the episode, shout out to one of our sponsors, IoT Tech Expo Europe, the leading event for digital twins, IoT and digital transformation. Nida, welcome to the IoT podcast. Hi, hi Tom. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank uh, you. For, thank you for coming on. Really looking forward to it. Um, the last three podcasts I've, I've started in the same way by saying, I think every podcast in the world, when they're introducing someone, ask them to explain who they are. So it seems like the, the right first question. So for people that don't know who you are or are not familiar with your name or your business, Fugro, could you give a short introduction to yourself and the company? Yeah, sure. Uh, my full name is uh, Neda Sepasian. I'm uh, coming. Uh, well, I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm coming from long, uh, actually uh, quite like a far background back to biomedical imaging, computational optimization on multimodal uh, images, and uh, also video sensing. And uh, uh, after my uh, uh, long history in university as a PhD student, later on as a postdoctoral fellow, I'm uh, about like a few years, getting pretty some few years, 12 years. I'm uh, in various roles as a research scientist, uh, business consultant, uh, and uh, at this moment, innovation business partner in Fukro. And uh, the, the, in general, the, my uh, yeah, the, 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 the topic that uh, let's say my uh, heart is really like uh, 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 goes fast when I'm talking about it. It's very much comes uh, go, goes to uh, really smart sensing, artificial intelligence, uh, the advanced analytics, uh, uh, mixing the uh, various inputs to basically like create a, a, a sensing for for your devices. That's uh, where, let's say, my expertise really lies. Fantastic. Well, what a varied background that you've got in in the in, in coming into this world in IoT, right? I, it always amazes me that so many people come into the smart sensing connectivity world from such a variety of different backgrounds, and I think that's testament to IoT as a as a concept as an industry, as the fact that it really does encompass so many different aspects of, of life and technology, right? Yep. Rather, rather than it being just a particularly a linear, linear path. So 
Thank you for thank you for sharing the time to come on today. Um, so you mentioned it there. You work for Furugro. So and you, I, I think you you pronounce it in a much more exotic and lovely way than I could possibly ever do it. So I'm going to ask you to I'm going to ask you to say it again in a moment. But uh, it's, it's a Furugro because okay. indeed it's a, it's, a, it's a Dutch uh, yeah uh, uh, multinational, but uh, originally coming is 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 being founded uh, with a, a Dutch founder. Okay. And uh, so it's coming from a, a, a Dutch name. Uh, which if I would, I, I don't even dare to say it in Dutch, but uh, it's the, uh, it's a combination of engineering company for foundation technology and soil mechanics. And you do have that, uh, yeah, the G, which is basically the way that Dutch, uh, yeah, pronounce the G is Fokro. Yes. I'm sure my, I'm sure my Dutch friends will give me a lot of stick for not saying it in the right way. <laughs> um, but I, I, I often struggle with Dutch, um, struggle with English sometimes, but that's another story. Uh, okay. So you explained a little bit about what Frugo does then. So soil dynamics, et cetera. So a bit, a bit more about the company for listeners that don't know. How big is it? How long has it been going for? Uh, the company originally founded 1962. Uh, and it started, uh, basically the, the core was really on the, uh, foundation surveying of understanding the foundation and the soil mechanics before you actually start your build process, building, yeah, especially large assets, infrastructures. Uh, it, uh, uh, I, I would say pretty fast, actually, it uh, expand to, to different bit on offshore and uh, land-based uh, surveying activities. So for very long, uh, Fukro were basically shaped around basically surveying, surveying business, uh, helping uh, a, a large infrastructure owners, asset owners to understand the environment they were about to plan to build during the operation and also afterwards how basically the assets are uh, evolving in uh, with, the, with respect of uh, 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 the, 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 the dynamic between the assets and uh, the lands they are standing on. Uh, today, uh, we are a multinational company. Uh, uh, we are uh, about, uh, uh, sorry if the numbers might not be very accurate, but I think we are pretty like near 10,000 uh, engineers, surveyors, scientists around the world. Uh, and also, yeah, lots of our, uh, yeah, co commercial, uh, entities, uh, uh that, uh, sitting, yeah, basically, I think, I think we are quite like ex expanded, uh, in, uh, most locations. Um, and, uh, uh, uh we, uh, we are divided, uh, today, uh, between, uh, land, uh, and marine activities. And within land, uh, we do have variety of uh, 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 services and also technology built for actually respond to those services because it's also very specific what we are. We need to we need to sense or we need to build uh, to to provide our services, and it comes to uh, site characterization, which very much understanding your uh, foundation, the geotechnical and geophysical property of your soil on, on your uh, seafloor. And, uh, and afterwards, uh, the uh, integrity of your asset, the structural health monitoring of your assets. For example, it comes, and when I'm talking about asset, it can start with uh, uh, a small, a short distance bridges to quite large, uh, large bridges, uh, the, the city, uh, the, the, the highways, uh, 
the uh, tunnels. Basically, it, it really expands to all uh, all, all uh, definitions of what asset actually means in the terms of yeah, uh, uh, studying the structural uh, integrity of the asset. Thank you, thank you for the overview. Yeah, it it it, it sounds like um, a fantastic business that's been obviously growing since 1962 to 10,000 people, 10,000 engineers and scientists and people like yourself from a variety of backgrounds um, doing some really interesting work and, and something that's actually not been on our podcast that often. I, I mentioned this to you when we were doing our discovery call that uh, geodata, both geotechnical, geophysical data, as you mentioned there, uh, has a really interesting place in IoT, actually, and something that hasn't been explored that much. And, and that's what we're going to get into today and, 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 and for, for folks to listen to. So, so in short, and just drilling down into a bit more detail on that, Nina, how is IoT being used in the geodata industry today? Uh, so uh, that's a very good question. Uh, and I think answering to that, maybe it would be me talking for 45 minutes and more, but, uh, let's, okay, let's just start with the, basically the whole, uh, let's say like a basic, uh, description of the geodata, uh, uh, which refers to basically the information you collect, uh, uh, from a location, the earth surfaces and the things that are living uh, basically or standing on that surface. Uh, that's basically then, and it's include the mapping, the, 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 the beams, uh, the, yeah, the all sort of like a lithography, the structure of the soil and so on. And this all basically co collectively, which also is the varied variation of uh, many, many ways of actually collecting this type of information being referred as the geodata. Uh, or geodata uh, information. Then, uh, just when, when you when you just already thinking about what what I how how I put it together, you actually you you already very fast you you see that okay how also we refer to IoT, which is basically for us IoT at least from uh, my 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 perspective, whatever that give me any information that I can access to understand a certain location in the time, temporal and spatial, uh, and kind of it has the capability that create, as I am extrapolating the information, it actually create that connectivity that we call the Internet of Things together. That's basically, I, I, I see that, okay, I can place it as a, a family of IoT. Uh, in uh, our sense for geodata, that's basically exactly what we do. So it's not necessarily that there may be a, a very typical type of uh, uh, sen sensors, which that yeah that that may be used. For example, is a engine sensor, or uh, I don't like 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 for example, two two device, two mobile phone are communicating with each other. That's not necessarily that uh, always the case when it comes to the geodata, but it comes very much actually the collective uh, uh, sensing capability that you uh, you you either looking at your assets you are or you are measuring because there are actually devices installed in your land in your asset that continuously actually create that connectivity in the terms of a spatial and geospatial um, uh, world that we are living in uh, that's basically that's where the, the yeah the IoT basically I think could be very well described. Yes, 
Thank you for that. <laughs> a, a great explanation. And you're right. You know, you, we, we could we could talk about it for, for a long, long time. But I think you succinctly said that um, in, in a very nice way. And, and going back to Furugro as a business specialised in both land and marine. So I know we're going to talk about geodata specifically in those two areas today. So uh, as a business, obviously, Frugo is involved in various land-based infrastructure projects. Uh, how does IoT technology contribute to enhancing the efficiency and accuracy of data collection monitoring of land projects? Yeah, that's a very good question. Maybe I think uh, the uh, one of the very nice examples that uh, I think basically is also could uh, very well describe when I'm talking about the structural uh, health monitoring and so on, that uh, we have a uh, we have it as a series of products. Is the IoT type IoT based uh, products that is based on measuring a very sensitive vision and optic-based, uh, 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 collecting vision and optic-based information uh, that uh, from, for example, your asset, in this case, especially the bridges that uh, uh, within, it's a, it's a touchless way for measuring uh, deformations in a, a highest, a highest accuracy possible to actually give a right insight that, okay, can can we predict or where exactly the at this moment my uh, assets uh, 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 well-being is uh, why it is important uh, in for example in this model is because we uh, uh, about 40% uh, percent of uh, uh, bridges uh, infrastructure in uh, in uh, that that available in in, uh, uh, in the world they are uh, old uh, or monumental. So it means that they are not really equipped with a, a certain type of gauging and torsion and a pressure type of sensors that when you are building those bridges, new bridges, you would equip your bridges actually with this type of sensors. So you can continue see that's also a certain type of IoT. You measure actually those uh, uh, deformation and information that are important for your asset. In this case, we designed this vision and optic base that basically measuring a similar uh, accuracy information in a very touchless way without actually you, you need to do a, a, a massive change in your infrastructure or, or in your build uh, of your uh, uh, old, uh, old uh, or tangible assets. That's one example that basically, and, and basically that's also a kind of a model of IoT because you, because you create a network of the sensing, uh, very, uh, uh, high profile sensing, uh, uh vision, uh, vision, uh, 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 uh models, uh, uh, in order to basically get a very accurate profile of your, uh, uh, bridge or, yeah, it can be also a very large building or, yeah, the things that you actually need to require this information about. That's one example, for example, I think for for land. Yes, I mean, I mean it's a great example around the bridge because one of the things which I learned, and I'm no expert on geodata, and in fact, it's been quite fascinating for me um, to learn more about this doing the research in 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 readiness for this podcast is around how it can support uh, conscious design around construction operation, um, and in fact, it's quite it's quite interesting because we. We recently filmed another podcast uh, with a sustainability leader from IBM talking around sustainability and decisions around buildings and infrastructure. So um, it'd be nice to talk a little bit more around that, actually, Nida. So uh, it can it can consciously affect how 
construction can take place, can't it, by, by using geodata? How, how does it do that in, uh, in reality? Uh, so your, if I understand your question, is more like how basically by leveraging, especially like the, uh, the today, a state-of-the-art technology on IoT, yes. how we could kind of come to more sustainable resilience type of uh, cities and yes. society. No, that's that's a, that's a very great example. Actually, I can maybe share a little bit for uh, the, in uh, yeah. I think rail assets. That's also one very tangible one to actually discuss this topic around. Uh, one of the activities that we are doing basically we have a, a, a sense sensor, a smart sensing kit that is basically we install on the passenger rails, and as the uh, 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 the, the rail uh, moves, it uh, uh, acquire high profile information of the uh, structure of your rail, your tamping, uh, the, the the growing around it. And, uh, and at the same time, this information can be also combined with the IoT sensors that are usually, especially these days, not again everywhere. Again, what I say, I'm really talking about more, uh, uh, let's say, modern countries. Like, for example, Netherlands railways uh, and British railways are very much equipped with the type of IoT sensor on that located on the on railways. And basically by combining this type of measurements, which is basically the, the IoT on a, a moving uh, asset and what is actually is installed on your railway, uh, uh, we, we show that you can end up with reducing uh, up to 20% of the activity that you do for maintenance, which is very much uh, reactive maintenance on the rail assets that actually can be also quite uh, emission heavy uh, you, yeah, you, or, or even repetitive and it might not be actually necessary, but uh, uh, due to safety and compliances and to just make sure that, that the railways are in a healthy situation, no accidents will happen, no, uh, no, 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 no dangerous situation is along the railway. This usually happens very much uh, in a, a kind of a, uh, uh, reactive, uh, reactive, but in a sense, just keep repeating it. But actually, by merging this IoT sensing type of information that you get from the profile of your rail, just by the fact that the uh, the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the speed, the torsion as the rail pass by the uh, rail corridor, and also this measurement, you actually can uh, create a quite a confi confident, confidential, the high confidentiality. Uh, input for our maintenance contractor that uh, uh, that basically yeah this is this is the time this is the region and this type of maintenance actually now makes sense because you can really reduce up to twenty five percent maybe unnecessary activities which would be very fast come to the reduction based of all uh, first of all I think uh, saving pretty uh, like a, yeah quite some uh, a budget on uh, maintenance but also uh, for me I, I think most importantly is uh, reducing the co2 emission that we create basically to keep our infrastructure in place and ourselves safe yes yeah fabulous example and you spoke so so clearly and knowledgeably on that actually Nita it's really really good to hear um, and, and just moving moving on to the next area then so marine 
So uh, we spoke about both land and marine being the two primary um, elements uh, that you're servicing as a business at the moment. How does geodata um, work with, say, offshore marine activity, rigs and so on? Uh, yeah, that's also a very great, and I think great question, and also I think a very uh, nice uh, world to kind of yeah get uh, get involved to. Uh, maybe a little bit that when it comes to marine, you have uh, uh, you have basically offshore and onshore uh, activities. When it goes to the, uh, the sorry offshore, when I say it's the uh, subsea and uh, on uh, over the sea activities. Mm-hmm. Over the sea, especially that it comes very much on uh, also understanding the structure of your offshore wind, uh, uh, the uh, 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 farm. Uh, that basic that's also uh, can be a pretty uh, important process when it comes to basically to to make sure that the, uh, the 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 turbines are healthy and also generating the most uh, uh, yeah the, uh, the 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 most power that basically create also the scalability for the asset owners. That's one. And also the, when it comes to subsea, it's very much comes to the pipeline, the cable uh, inspection, uh, the, the, the foundation of the asset. It can be, again, foundation of the wind uh, turbine, uh, the wind farm uh, properties. And uh, also at this moment, uh, still, even within oil and gas, of course, the, the, the yeah, you have uh, the sites and that you want basically to make sure that the sites are uh, uh, continuously healthy and safe. Uh, to for 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 remote operation centers or people actually that are uh, working uh, uh, there, so very much it goes to that that area. And I think the most uh, important uh, part that uh, I'm very happy that we have a technology for it is more also come to our awareness for biodiversity, and the uh, basically that looking at the effect of our own build activities on the offshore and biodiversity uh, and how, how the, basically the, the sea life is, uh, we are affecting the sea life. And uh, there also, that's, that's also one of the uh, uh, part of the monitoring and also understanding the pre and after and during uh, the build uh, and, your, and the living of your assets, how we are influencing the, yeah. the world around us. Okay, fantastic. I mean, it's... Um... It's incredible, isn't it? It's, uh, the marine element to IoT and the whole infrastructure of marine, um, both subsea, above the sea, offshore, onshore, it's not something I'm fully versed on. So I find it fascinating, actually, um, primarily just because um, there's so much uh, when it comes to subsea activity and little that we know, actually, about the oceans, etc. So the, the use of this geodata surely has such a, a vital part to play, doesn't it, when it comes to marine activity? Um, and, and, and forever we're going to be discovering and, and, and trying out new concepts. So um, when it comes to kind of underwater inspections and monitoring, um, could we talk a little bit more about that as well, about how food Yeah, sure, sure. We can, yeah, we can, I think we can cover maybe because it's more even, it can, we can even cover it as a whole system that yes. comes to, together yes. to actually bring yes. that understanding of, that quite like a safety and awareness of, uh, yeah, that basically operation and also the situation that we put ourselves and of our, our assets in there. 
So we can maybe uh, m- maybe go through the uh, yeah. through that a little bit. Yeah, um, that'd be great if you could. Yeah. Uh, so do you do how how do you want me to leverage this more like uh, maybe we could uh, walk through how actually the data being collected i think from 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 an end to end perspective so data being collected the use of that and then decisions that are made from the analysis yeah. of that data would be useful yeah that's no that's great so uh for example let's uh put our uh, ourselves in the into the situation that the the pre-built of the for example the wind farm yeah so what usually the uh, asset owners and in in this case our clients mostly come to understand is first of all the uh, in, uh, investigation of the environment And when it's an investigation, it comes to the all uh, information around it, the, uh, the, the, the subsea mapping, the type of the uh, currents and the model of the metrological basically model within maybe a year, two year and how that would be, could be forecasted, how it would influence their asset. It could influence, for example, in this case, their power generation. And also the other, the most important thing is that how Uh, it influences because every build might uh, have impacts on our environment. How potentially we can, while we need to basically uh, create uh, and generate this type of infrastructure offshore, how we can get the understanding of the environment by the sea life, uh, basically. What are what type of species are living uh, living around that area? What are the the the, the stream uh, schedules of the species? How potentially we would influence that? At the same time, uh, uh, measuring also the the uh, the environmental DNA of uh, that uh, basically that 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 uh, region to understand while we actually uh, building uh, uh, our assets, how we are influencing in the in the say in the in the sense of uh, are we uh, kind of create a maybe negative or positive effect for creating biodiversity in uh, in those platforms uh, so therefore we basically comes to how the basically we measure the data for uh, for for provide this type of information you have your uh, your subsea uh, uh, vehicles that basically that they are uh, they are usually uh, uh, in communication in some form Uh, with your uh, fleets these days we also it's good to mention that we we do most of our operations with uh, unmanned fleets well maybe i should not say most of but we are we are getting there and uh, which which means that uh, we we no longer bring a very large fleet with many uh, no, number of people and again thanks to the iot the communication the satellite positioning the uh, ro- robotic basically is possible that we could reduce potentially the size uh, quite a bit and also the uh, like the, the number of people that just should just travel to one location to provide all this information from the uh for 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 the uh, for that uh, geographical location uh and then basically it comes to how you gather the data you uh, and 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 from uh, from there uh, it's again we're talking about the multimodal data you you care for uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 actually the dna of your water really php the the type of uh, yeah the, the algae the, the the living being basically to kind of map that uh, for that region that uh, that understand okay what are the yeah the the the, 
the important features that we should be careful for. Uh, it comes to the sea mapping, which basically you can use acoustic seismic uh, type of imaging to actually provide all the information uh, around your, that, that gives information about your uh, sea uh, 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 floor uh, profile. And you have the meteorological IoT sensors that it's, uh, when, when, when I say that it's very much uh, come, come to actually the buoys because buoys actually, they are, they, they, they are quite interesting IoT kit that they have all sort of, uh, the, for, all sort of sensing for positioning for the, yeah, acquiring the RGB type of, uh, uh, information, acquiring the acoustic type of information, hearing what are the, yeah, the birds, uh, the, the, the mammals. And uh, basically, these all uh, come together to kind of to, to, to give us a full understanding and information. Basically, all this data get integrated to uh, give a, a understanding of uh, the spa spatial, especially understanding of the environment. And, uh, and then you have uh, the more temporal sensors, especially that it comes to more linear type of sensors that give you more uh, like yeah the, the timely temporal information to kind of you merge to really understand now okay how i can forecast changes that can evolve to other data that i uh, i provide yeah. I, I, I thanks again for iot tech expo europe for sponsoring today's episode iot tech expo europe brings together europe's brightest minds to talk about cutting-edge technologies in one place experience top-level discussions innovative IoT innovations and strategies. Mark your calendars for the 26th and 27th of September 2023 when IoT Tech Expo Europe returns to the vibrant city of Amsterdam. I'll be there, will you? Get your tickets at iottechexpo.com Europe. The link will be in the description. Oh, a, a fantastic overview. I mean, it, it, it seems like um, uh, such a such a large area to cover, doesn't it? Actually, you know, from from the initial point to to getting the data. Um, yeah, and and we just covered the the before the build. Yeah, so yeah. we can go, but but the, and I think and I think that's why actually that's uh, is quite fascinating when you look at the uh, amount of uh, uh, technology and knowledge and everything that get integrated basically that basically to. To, 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 even, yeah, I mean, even when you look at the wind farm, for me, it's fascinating how much of technology and engineering and effort went there to actually establish that, build it and just uh, leave it in one place. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 it gives us uh, what we need to live and be safe and happy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and lastly, uh, I know we spoke about land and marine, but it's not just that. We've actually um, got a use case here about a, a space exploration. So Fugo has been involved in a moon inspection project with an Australian yeah, space yeah. agency. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. That's actually is uh, um, it's one of the uh, collaboration and partnership we have uh, within the Rose uh, Consortium with Australian Space uh, Agency. Uh, together with a few amazing partners, uh, that, uh, we basically, the, the project is very much is to translate the knowledge that, uh, we gain basically by land inspection 
uh, and, and the technology around it, because we're also talking about the situations that your communication is more complicated. You don't have necessarily a direct, like in, in middle of Indian Ocean. Yeah. You have to uh, establish your, uh, your, yeah, the, the different uh, te uh, technology to actually make sure the commu 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 communication and the data flow is as seamless as it should be. So basically the, the, that's, uh, to, uh, yeah, to provide, uh, and, push uh, the knowledge that we gain in this uh, very difficult environment for inspection on Earth, together with other partners for uh, moon uh, soil inspection. Uh, especially uh, the, this particular project is to uh, it's the first step uh, to uh, provide uh, enough information that how we can for, for extracting oxygen from the moon's surface. Because that's basically that's that vital next uh, next step to make the uh, uh, a sustainable uh, uh, yeah a, a staying or yeah human human staying on moon uh, possible. No, it's, incre it's in incredible, yeah, incredible project, um, and I think it shows the the kind of depth um, and coverage that not only FUGRO, but geodata can have in, in a variety of different areas, you know, yep. both from, from land, marine, um, space. Uh, I mean, it really does cover so many different facets. Um, hugely interesting. Just where can people just find out more around geodata, FUGRO's activities? Because uh, I, I think there's a lot here to uncover, obviously a short time on the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... Well, I really uh, recommend uh, if, uh, for the audience, uh, also maybe yourself, if you are interested to yeah. read more and uh, yeah, uh, learn more of what is happening. We have actually our new web page just uh, launched. And I think there you can find uh, quite uh, nice uh, use cases and examples that uh, it basically bring all the bits and pieces of the technology that I maybe also mentioned during our chat. Uh, you can actually see them in a real action and that real examples are quite interesting examples that basically how this all come together for solving also pretty uh, cool use cases. Uh, so I really, yeah, I really recommend that. Uh, yeah, just browse the, the new webpage. It's uh, it's just, uh, yeah, fun. Uh, also, I think it's I, I really like it that how we gather all the yeah all the nice activities together in one place. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll put the uh, put the link to the new website in the comments where this video is released. I will. In the various places online. Um, thank you, Nida, and it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the on the show this week. Uh, really, really insightful. Personally, for me as well, it's an area that I have not known much about and interested to explore um, and it's fascinating. So I'll definitely go and check that out after we finish. No, thank, thanks again. And I really, again, I really uh, uh, enjoyed uh, and thanks for also inviting me because I always love to actually talk about all the cool things that we do. I can tell and, you're passionate uh, about it. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, we, we build robots that do cooler stuff, basically. That's that's what we do, and, and I, I'm really, uh, yeah, enjoying that. Uh, yeah, and uh, in general, yeah, if, uh, if uh, yourself, maybe, I don't know, the audience, there are some topics that pop up. It's uh, always, I'm very happy that uh, you've been contacted. So if, uh, yeah, to kind of, if somebody like to learn more about the topic, uh, yeah. that's also like, yeah, that's, uh, I'm very much always welcoming yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Information sharing, yeah. sharing, yeah.
Absolutely, yeah. And as we come to wrap up the show uh, today, there's a few questions I'm going to ask you that we ask our guests every week. Um, and uh, my question, my, my first question for you on this, Nida, is what is your prediction for IoT as succinctly as possible uh, this year? What, what do you hope that's going to come into fruition uh, in 2023 for IoT? Uh, I think uh, the whole new generative AI that we, I think all of us, we hear a lot uh, about it is potentially can open up uh, quiet, unseen or untaught applications and also even technological developments of IoT hmm. uh, because basically really push us toward really thinking creative that, hey, like with all this now, what additional I can do that maybe even we didn't think of. But I think the, when it comes to the industry challenge, it's uh, I think even the word digitalization, if you if you just like frame it that way. Uh, I think we are uh, we are really pushing that era of that digitalization challenge in industry, and we are getting uh, yeah in a, in, in that that maturity that uh, basically we can actually start leveraging IoT, because if I today I look at uh, at least uh, yeah the mapping the industry what is happening is that we are really in a first step that have that connectivity and that sensing and gathering data ready in that higher scale or larger scale that we can uh, we can open up the potential of IoT, which is really like predictive forecasting, understanding the facts, influence, effects of the things that are around us, because it's all coming from basically also learning from the rare cases, uh, information, history, or the links, correlations that maybe we didn't have that data integrated well to, 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 to leverage. So how I see that actually is, uh, I think uh, we, we heard for quite a few years about predictive modeling and forecasting, but not in that industrially uh, accurate stage that it, let's say it really, we say that we, we, we can leverage it. And I think uh, my, my prediction is that uh, this is going to be a breakthrough, the coming breakthrough, not the sense of is a new hype, know that the thing we were talking about for a few years already, finally, I think we are in the place that we actually can see the potential and start making making it uh, useful and profitable for the industry. You're absolutely right with that. I think harnessing the data, plugging that into an advanced language model to then give you suggestions about what you can do and how you can link that together would, would make sense. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, is obviously based on prompts, isn't it? So the the, the higher quality of prompts and data that we can give it, the better it is. And, and this is where the geodata comes in as well, right? So the more geodata Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We see it in the, in the era that we are because uh, for us also for many years, we were really like figuring out how we can create a more mature data backbone, data infrastructure that making all this link integration of the different data, understanding the correlation of various things easier for our clients also and how because basically it also make it possible to, to, to open, open up those data potentially to the world. Like in ocean decade, I don't know, that's one of the topics that we didn't get a chance to go through. But I really recommend everybody to actually check what's happening in ocean decade. It's basically that's all about it. Basically to linking the all like uh, almost uh, uh, 40 years of data collected in the world, but they were not in that maturity that we could be just 
open up or leverage in a way that it should be. And uh, this is this is all I think uh, basically it's all exciting because uh, we we are we are uh, basically stepping we did our baby steps and we are going to that really that mature place that now finally we can do let's say more more grown up activity in the industrial level with the yeah advanced analytic and predictive and the uh, the yeah the the distributed uh, uh, smart systems. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Ah, oh, fantastic. And a couple of quick fire questions, if I can. Um, what is the one IoT gadget that you have at home that you can't live without? I I must say I really love the Wi-Fi booster I have. Okay. My, my, yeah, it's, it's IP Link. I can't even say the yeah. The name is IP Link. So basically, what it does is that it's you put it in, especially if you have a place with different levels, and if you are living in a very centralized rural, uh, yeah, populated uh, area, so as you actually might get in some levels of the house, uh, yeah, connectivity problem. And basically, what it does is. Uh, uh, it, it, it balance out uh, or, or optimize your uh, connectivity uh, within the, all the floors and how you are prioritizing actually the events or the tools that are using the, uh, your, your, your connect, Wi-Fi connection. So I could not live without it because then I wouldn't have so many of my meetings as seamless as I want. <laughs> so I, I, I love that. Oh, good, good. I, uh, I remember when Femtocells first came out, and then we advanced to mesh networking and so on. So uh, it's absolutely critical. You know, I'm speaking to you today uh, of, I think, about the third or fourth access point that we've got in the office. Daisy yeah. checking off another one. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and a quote that you live by, Nida. So uh, what, what what is it that sort of drives you as an individual? What What reminds you every day to do what you do? It's from Napoleon Hill, I believe. I think it's Napoleon Hill that if you cannot do great things, do a small things in a great way. And I think, I think that's the whole world about it. It doesn't mean that always you have to run after things that just, I don't know, like look big and shiny because all that steps that come together. Yeah. It's always, uh, uh, if you keep uh, adding 0 0.001 to 1, eventually it becomes something, yeah? Uh, but if it's just you add the 0 to zero to 1, nothing happens, yeah? Uh, so basically, that that's what really drives me. Just... Uh, I like it. In incremental changes. I've got, yeah. another, I've got another quote for you, actually. So um, very similar to that. And one, one I, I live by is uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. Everything, yeah. So uh, I, I absolutely agree. Nida, thank you so much for coming on to the IoT podcast show today. You've been excellent. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I also really enjoyed uh, yeah, chatting with you around what we do. Thanks for inviting me again and wish you a great sunny weekend ahead of you. <laughs> thank you. You too. Thank you once again to IoT Tech Expo Europe for sponsoring today's episode. Once again, please get your tickets. The link will be in the description. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT talks and tales.